Here we finally are, at the end of the second adventure in the Eleusaria arc. Firstly, I want to thank you folk for all listening. It means the world to both myself and all the cast. Your support makes this show worthwhile. And a huge thanks for sticking with us whilst I was fixing the corrupted audio. It kind of broke our release schedule completely, but it's finally here at least. Secondly, I want to thank the cars for their stellar work this season. The internet is a wonderful place to meet like-minded folk, and I'm grateful to Shannon, Sean, Patricia and Kevin that they gave up their time to get up super early so we could do the podcast. Their characters really brought the world to life, and their decisions have shaped where the world is going after this. I can't thank them enough for their support. Please do follow the links from the website to their other projects and get involved as they are well worth your time. There is going to be some downtime before Season 3 as I take some time to reflect on the events of the last few months, certainly world events, and change some of the direction of the show and the background world lore to better fit a world that is a fun place for everyone to adventure in. For clarity on that, at the end of the show, after the credits, I'm going to put in a short segment discussing one aspect of world lore in particular, but for now I don't spoil any surprises in the plot. Before our final recap, here's a recap of how to get hold of our cast and the other projects they're involved in. Please look for Kevin on Twitter at the underscore K-E-E-V underscore. An outstanding gentleman who is always ready with wit, charm and excellent pop culture references. I could introduce the others, but I'd rather let them do it in their own words. Hi, I'm Pimal, playing as Sylvester Greystone for this amazing campaign. I designed Papercraft Terrain for tabletop games. So if you love roleplay games and arts and crafts, you should definitely check out my Patreon, Pipelkami. Every month I release a new set based on the suggestions of my patrons, and you can join my Discord server when I can help you if you need any help building the crafts. Again, you can check it out at patreon.com slash or you can follow me on Twitter at pmile underscore comics. Hey everyone, I'm Shannon. And I'm Sean. And we are from, from Paradise, Paradise RPG. RPG. Uh, if you're looking for us, you can find us on all social media at Paradise RPG. That's Paradise, it's all one word, and it's Paradise spelled P A R A D I C E, like a dice. We thought it was hilarious when we first wrote it, and we're sticking to it. <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, um, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, uh, you know, anywhere on social media if you're looking for us. Look, in, uh, look for Paradise RPG. Um, me, I am the DM for Paradise RPG's flagship show, Advantage in Paradise. And you can find me at Odo underscore Sean, O-D-O underscore S-E-A-N. Take it away, Shan. Thanks, Sean. You can find me on everything at sroby25. And I'm most active on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram as well. As for our schedule, on Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern, you can catch me and... Tim for the Tim and Shannon Power Hour where we talk about our flagship show Advantage in Paradise and discuss the session and speculate and we also talk to awesome members of the D&D and TTRPG community. Mondays at 7pm Eastern is Advantage in Paradise. Tuesdays around 5 ish Alex streams video games whenever he wants. Uh, Wednesdays right now, possibly Thursdays in the future, but Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, Sean has a new show called Relaxing in Paradise where he gets away from his players for a little bit, although not really because we all hang out and chat, and he talks about his hand-drawn maps, his lore, and more. So definitely check us out during the week. Thank you so much, Shannon. Uh, And yeah, and so I... 
play uh, Ren, and you play... Ella, wild magic sorceress. That's me! That's my name! Well, technically, my name's Alarian, that's t- but it's too many letters, so I shortened it to Ella. Only four letters, much more. And this is my best friend, oh, I don't Ren. Know if best friend is the right thing to say there, Ella. No, it definitely is. This one seems to follow me everywhere I go. Because we're best friends, that's what best friends do. <sighs> he's a soldier. Did you know that? And he's a magical soldier. As far as you know, Ella, where are you even from? I'll make it simple. I'm from the Brine, which is in Lacton. And I, I might have gotten up to some uh, unsavory business while we were there. But then I met you. And then we went. We came to, here to Trayport together. And we're having a wonderful adventure, if I do say so myself. Wouldn't you agree? I wouldn't exactly call investigating a murder as wonderful, Ella, but... Hey, well, when you say it like that... Even longer away is where I'm from, Journey's End. I was a soldier there, grew up in the slums. Parents were thieves and criminals, but I I wanted a better life. Joined the army, and some time later, lost my entire company against bandits. Something strange happened to me that day, and I decided I never wanted to be in Journey's End again. The last thing I've promised myself is that I would leave this forsaken continent as soon as I possibly could. And you're taking me with you wherever you go, I promise nothing, Ella. Right. If you're on the ship I'm on, that's your prerogative. (laughs) Once we solve this murder and get off... He means it. I'm getting as far away from this, this place as I can. And I'll be right beside you. Don't you worry, you always have a friend in me. He's really pleased about it. Don't don't listen to him. He he is. All right, let's go, Ella. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have someone I want to say hi to. Rafi. Hello. It's so nice to hear to see you, hear you across everywhere we are. I don't know, but it's so lovely to see you, hear you, all of the things. I hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. And now for the recap. Previously, our party were on the trail of a killer who had left a string of bodies across the lower city in Tradeport, seemingly targeting those with elven blood. Worried for the half-elven boy they had rescued from a life of crime, they returned to their base, where they learned that he had left already with Rose, the waitress. The clues had led them to the apothecary basement, where they found the remains of a rival adventuring party, wounded or dead and encountered some fierce spider-like monsters before finding a winding staircase that headed deeper into the darkness. down the staircase you enter what seems to be well the brick walls stop being brick walls and change to stone 
as the staircase descends into the darkness and then you don't know how long you're walking, maybe five minutes down the stairs, it's long, you're feeling your way down these uh, quite steep steps and then suddenly there's some pinpoints of light and you come down into a natural cavern and in the cavern you can see some of the torches, you notice uh, that the floor is packed dirt and that there are some old dusty crates covered in natural looking spider webs but years worth of accumulation. Aside from the old abandoned and rotting crates, the air is warm, musty and smells of old stone. You close your eyes, beckon the other, motion the others to be quiet and just listen. You hear wind blowing down the corridor. There's a smell on the wind that you don't recognise at all. There's an odd wind coming from the tunnel. Disgusting. Yeah, Linabel would just walk up to Ren and place a hand on his shoulder, and uh, she will cast Lay of Hands on him to heal him for 10 HP before he goes forward. Much needed, thank you. <laughs> okay. Anchor Zoon is with you, my dear. <clears throat> Rather him than a, another one of those spiders. And uh, Ren will start moving slowly forward, carefully. Okay. So yes, you are, you are free to move. I'm going to wait so, to trail behind. Okay. So as Ren moves north towards what seems to be the only way out of the cave, the very edge of his sight, he sees that the path just stops and drops away. He can't quite see how far it is from here. And as he moves closer, he sees that this chasm seems to be going on a bit further. There's still no end in sight. And as he moves right up to the precipice, he can just see the other side there, maybe 20 feet across, 25 feet across. But there, the, the, the path starts up again. There's a chasm ahead, about 20 foot across. Before the path starts. I'll have some rope. It's a matter of getting over there. I have a crossbow. We can maybe tie it to the end and shoot it over there. I don't know how, it, how well it will hold, but it's worth a shot. You know, as long as we can get one person over there, maybe we can throw a rope to the others and do that, but there's no way I can jump over there. I can get over there. Well, that's right. You can you can disappear and reappear places sometimes. You did that <laughs> trick once. <laughs> I was hoping not to have to do it again, but uh, I just want to kind of see. I mean, I know it's kind of far to the other side, but Ren just kind of wants to do another quick look to see if he can see anything on the other side that might be dangerous or just generally how the landing is there if it's um great maybe a perception check and actually as he's doing that linabel will just grab a rock off the ground and just chuck it down into the chasm and listen uh 16 so what was the perception check 16 so you look over um obviously as a human looking across even with the torch light and, and the strange light in here you can't really see far off you get the sense that at least the immediate other side, it seems to be a, a, a little bit lower 
maybe a couple of feet lower than where you are. Um, there doesn't seem to be any apparent or immediate dangers there. It looks like soft packed earth from what you can see in the dim light. The rest of you listeners, and Annabelle drops this rock. And there's silence. Five seconds. Ten seconds. And then... That's deep. That's deep. It's <laughs> far drop. I can I can catch you if you fall, um, don't worry. So yeah, Ren will misty step to the other side. Okay. He misty steps over no problem and you apparate on the other side. You were stood on the other side of the cavern uh, chasm. Okay. Um <clears throat> I'll look back to um the party now on the other side and just say, uh, shout across as quiet as I can. Can you toss a rope over? Is there any way to tie it down? I take my, uh, I don't have rope, but I take my javelin out and I just stab it into the ground so it's like really solid on the edge of that cliff. Make a strength just check. just say we can, okay. I have rope. Uh, that's really good. I got a 21. Nice. You drive four-fifths of that javelin into the ground. You, with your dwarven strength, feel it pierce through stone as well as soil. You kind of give it a pull, and this thing is so tough, that could take you away. You know that. You've worked underground, you've mined, you know that this is solid now. Good Illusarian soil. Nice and strong and hardy, just like the dwarven folk. And she reaches for a rope if uh, someone has it in their hands and she just starts feverishly Yeah, tying. I have it. Okay. Yeah, she just ties like a knot around the... Yeah. There's a solidly tied rope yeah, around a strength. very solidly secured uh, anchor. And she will... Um, she'll hand the rope uh, to uh, the other two party members and she'll say, I'll go last. Okay. So are, are we... Um... Climbing down or tossing the rope across up to the other side, trying to do a tight rope situation. Okay. Make a perception check, Ren. Nope. It's a three. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> As you're looking down, trying to listen out for that ping of the stone whilst the others are busy you're just easing out your muscles from the fight they're a little bit tense and you just kind of look back over your shoulder and behind you you see a dim greenish glow off in the distance and it's is it like emanating from it's just a dim light in the distance and not emanating from a specific room. three you got no yeah. idea good call good point good point <laughs> <laughs> yeah so ren will just shout across we don't have time to tarry. Toss the rope to run. Go and make a athletics check. Oh, great, yeah. My athletics is plus seven, sweet. Uh, that's an 18. <clears throat> nice. You throw it out yes. and Ren just catches it. Um, well, I'll before, first. is there anything I can tie it down to or am I just... Am I just tensely? Yeah, just like, yeah just say, tie, tie your end down. Uh, <laughs> really, we probably should have stuck it in a on your end. Um, a <laughs> 17. 
you notice uh, maybe 20 feet behind you a fallen pillar as you're looking for something to sign to. And this thing is massive. Yeah. Uh, this isn't going to shift with your weight. You managed to just tie the rope through because it, it's a long, it's a 50 foot length of rope, yeah. isn't it? Uh, so that is just long mm -hmm. enough, I will say, because <laughs> you said you're putting it right on the edge. It's just long enough at an angle that it will tie around. Uh, so you now have a secured line across. Okay. And Ren will kind of hold hold the rope as well, just in case it does come loose from this pillar. Just, uh, everyone, just in case. Everyone make me an athletics check or acrobatics to get across. That's exactly why Linnabel <laughs> wants to go last. She's kind of like the anchor on that side. Now I will go first. <laughs> uh, ten. Okay. Ten. Sixteen. So, uh, yeah, Ella first <laughs> thinks, I'm a thief, this is fine. Jumps on and attempts to catwalk <laughs> it. And then just starts to slip a bit. She gets to the other side, but... She's almost at a 45 degree angle and trying to <laughs> shift her weight the other way as she runs across. It, it gets there, but it's awkward. Sylvester looks at this and says, I d I d I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and sort of crouches down and goes across a little bit more cautiously, um, sort of almost like kneeling down and going across like a crab sideways, but does it perfectly. Linabel looks at it, realises that his uh, her weight will never be held by that rope, trying to walk on it, and sighs to herself, grabs it, immediately swivels under the bottom, and just goes across <laughs> like a squirrel, and then finds herself being pulled up on the other side. So you are now on the other side of the chasm. You see uh, the, the blackness before you and ahead of you. Those of you who've got slightly better sight with your elven or half-elven heritage, you can just make out a change in the walls. What you notice is that the dark grey black rock that's this cavern formation, about the point where you see this pillar, this broken pillar, suddenly changes to this shimmering greenish turquoisey light that you'd seen in canisters upstairs. Suddenly these walls are almost iridescent with it. Um, the stone goes from being rock to hand-cut stone. This was obviously placed here. And you can see the open entranceway of a chamber with tiled floors that are set in this, uh, just between like a darker blue and a lighter blue, uh, this beautiful pattern that just etches out. This Whatever's down here has clearly been constructed. Um, Ella's going to, before anybody moves, she's going to reach her hand out. She's going to take Ren's hand, not say anything. Ren will accept the hand, but not take the hand, because he does not want to disarm himself. But he'll look to her and, and just give her a nod and put it, like, sort of nod his head back to indicate stay behind me. And I'll say it. Stay behind me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So there seems to be a temple of sorts ahead. A temple? This, this is connected to a temple. Some sort of... Or something. Something constructed. 
from that pillar looks very old. And it connects underground to where we just were? What is the point of all this? Well, it's something's layer for now. Hey, who's going first into the creepy abandoned building? I think we should be going quietly, as quiet as we can. That's a good idea. We've been kicking doors in and shouting. I think this is the time to be quiet as we approach. Everyone make me a stealth check. If you're wearing <laughs> armor, it's at disadvantage. Linabelle's completely oblivious. Obli- <laughs> yeah. yeah. talking about her smashing doors, and she's like, she's like, she's like, I was going to see this. Yeah, thing. Ren was you definitely loud going in there. In between words, <laughs> side-eyeing Linabelle. <laughs> but also then remembers he kicked the door down, too. <laughs> Okay. Fifteen. Stealth. Stealth. So you all believe that you're relatively quiet as you creep forward into the slightly opening room, and it opens up into a slightly squarish chamber. Um, if you'd like to move your tokens forward to kind of show where you are, you creep past the pillar. You all feel completely silent. Ren, you're compl- you're a little aware. Uh, sorry, um, Sylvester, you're aware of the crunching of gravel under your feet, and then as you get to the harder stone, you almost slip but catch yourself. And, uh, and as you move in, you see that the the room really does open up. Uh, so those of Elven descent can almost see the entire place. You see some rubble now on the right that looks ancient where the wall had fallen in. You see some puddles of water. You see two pillars still reaching out to a ceiling. And then once you enter, could everyone make me a perception check, please? Perception is not my game today. (laughs) It's a five. It's my game. I got a 22. (laughs) <laughs> I got 20 nice, yeah. you know, 10. okay well this is so apt for your characters so the uh, Ren is looking around for enemies he sees absolutely nothing his eyes are fixed on any small movement checking the ceilings uh, holding up uh, and just getting his bearings making sure that nothing's hiding behind a corner Linabel is fascinated by the masonry itself this is completely you can see that there are individual stones, but when you try and see the gaps or how they're put together, it almost defies you, as though it were magically crafted. This wasn't put together with mortar or cement or natural formations. This is some kind of magic crafting, that the art of which has been completely lost. The fact that the lights, uh, the walls are glowing as well, not very brightly, but enough to illuminate the chamber. It's, you've never seen a rock like this before in your life. Ella and Sylvester... You walk in, and this sense of being at home comes over you both. And you can't describe it any better than that. You're underground, you're terrified, but something feels right. And there's this large, plain wall to the eastern, uh, western end of the room. Just pinging it on that map there. And as you come over, you, you reach up to it, and you almost just feel this urge, and you just reach out and touch it. And as you touch it, the glowing... Uh, nature of the stone coalesces changes color and becomes a moving image in fact it becomes a series of images the first images 
it shows humans, dwarves, elves, and other races you don't recognise. Strange creatures. Some have horns. Some look like small or large birds. Some look like turtles. Others cats. You've got some giant bulls. Something that looks reptilian. They're walking around what looks to be a city and they seem to be laughing together, holding hands. There seems to be this great sense of peace. As you're looking at this image moving, thinking, this is incredible, what's this? It disappears. And maybe five feet further down the wall, another image appears. Figures of darkness, tentacles, giant flying creatures, and they seem to be attacking this city. You see figures falling, spears thrown, swords, great dark clouds lowering, tendrils reaching out, and you see in the bottom right of this panel, elves fleeing, holding back the darkness, some, and others fleeing through what looks to be a portal or a doorway. That one glows out. Suddenly on the northernmost wall, it sparks up again. You see elves falling out of a portal onto pristine green land, tall dark mountains capped with ice, deep ancient primordial forests. Some of the elves are standing back the other side, their weapons readied. They stand there so long that they turn grey and turn to dust. The other elves walk off. Those watchmen are still there, and that one disappears. And then a final one appears five feet further down. It shows the building of a city with great green and white spires. Elves running and laughing. Everything seems happy again. And the image fades. It's like that story we read, a seraphim. Remember your book? What does it mean? I've never seen anything like this area. This this stone, this... Everything about this is... Uh, it doesn't feel like it was made by man or... Anybody could make me a insight check. Fifteen. Eleven. Linabel, you're watching these images, looking at the stone, and you're trying to piece it together. You've seen ancient dwarven architecture, you've found some old elven ruins before. This is older. This is so old. And with these images, you piece together, and you start thinking back to the stories that your great-great-grandmother would have told of there was a rumour on the wind that your people came from somewhere else a long time before. That's been what had been part of the friction with the elves, that you'd both arrived here. And you get the sense that this building predates the Raging Dark. It predates the reunification. This building is like one of the first buildings constructed in Eleusaria. This seems to be built by an ancient magical race of people and as you look further you can see runes 
dwarven runes that you can't read because they're too ancient alongside elven scripts and all the walls aligned with both of them intertwining um i would i would share that information i'd kind of gather them all around and like a like a teacher would and tell them everything that you just said um <laughs> are there any like broken pieces of this green stone just lying around i mean we're in ruins Linabelle everywhere just... yeah you could pick Linabelle some up if you want just would just pick some up and uh she'd put most of it just like in her pocket but then she'd just want to just examine it closer see if she can figure out if there's any magical property to it or anything like that uh make me an arcana check can i try and read the elvish script Go for it. Make me a intelligence check. Uh, I got a 13 on the Arcana. 18. Okay. There doesn't seem to be any inherently magical property in the stone itself. It's a beautiful colour. You can sense by kind of chip it a little bit with your dagger that this is it's harder than marble. It doesn't flake at all. But it's not magical, it's just an amazing, beautiful coloured stone. Uh, Ella, as you're looking at them, you don't understand the Dwarvish at all, It's that's mystical, but the Elvish... You can catch one word in 50 that almost makes sense. I think I've said before, it's like reading kind of Saxon English or something. It's like Elven, but not. The words that seem to jump out say, remember, history kinship and that's all you can make out these words just woven again and again and again seems to be a, some sort of you said it was a temple sylvester seems to be some sort of temple to remember the battle that happened and forced everything i don't know so as a clarification this ruin predates irithin itself this is something, so there have been four ages in the world. The Raging Dark is when everything had been built and the humans and everyone fought against the, the forces of darkness. This is from the first age of the world when it seems to be saying that the elves had arrived here as settlers from somewhere else where they'd left behind a very different society. Get it. Should we keep going? Yes. Should. Um come this far can't turn back now and what uh, so what triggered those visions was that just them they it just appeared to us or as they reached out and touched the walls okay it shimmered and appeared and um was that specific to them because they're elves or they're half elf or no? uh, you don't know you could try touching the walls right yeah, so yeah, Linabelle would touch the wall, just softly place her hand. <clears throat> so Linabelle reaches happens. out, touches the wall, goes back her hand disappointed, is about to turn away, when like a fire rising, orange glyphs appear. And whereas the previous visions had been almost like glowing lights, in a, in a, and I, I say they were moving, but they were like moving pictures rather than uh, a movie. Um, kind of elegant, 
elven paintings. This is angular, uh, runic style drawings, almost wreathed in fire. It again shows dwarves in their halls under uh, kind of celebrating, quaffing, drinking. Again, you see all the races around these tables, including ones you don't recognise. It shows darkness, the next one, darkness approaching, invading the halls. And then in the battle scene, as everyone else is fleeing through these portals, you see a figure that you recognise strongly holding a large hammer, giant hammer and a shield, and seems to be with three other companions holding the entire forces of darkness at bay. You see the hammer of Anchor Zoon defending against these dark tendrils. That disappears, and a final image appears of the dwarfs coming through the portal, weeping, walking towards the mountains. And again, in Dwarven script at the bottom, it says, never forget what we lost. Um, seeing the image of Anchor Zoon would just really put push Linabelle back for a moment. Um, I think she would grip her pendants that she has hanging around her neck, and she would just say that. She'd be like, it turns out... Um, the histories of the elves, the dwarves, the races of our world, they... We have more in common and we have more history shared than maybe we all thought. Um, but I know now that I'm on the right path and I have to, we, we have to defeat this, whatever, whatever's beyond. We're with you. And she just, she kind of kneels and she takes a moment to herself and prays. She'll pray to Angkor Zun and to uh, King Ilusar. King Elusa, uh, for guidance. Ren would um, pause before the wall and hesitate as he looks to Linabel praying. And he would touch the wall to see if anything happens. So Ren reaches out with his hand that had been gripping the shields, kind of pops it down, rests out, nothing. Kind of sighs scratches his head and kind of leans on the other one where the blood's still running down and as the blood hits the wall almost in a cloud like a drop of water these uh, voluminous pictures that are far cruder than the other two stylized things have been but almost like looking at something through a prism underwater images again very similar of the races together fighting Unlike the others that showed fleeing through a portal, the humans stand. There seems to be this element of sacrifice. There's more pictures of just death and dying and this darkness overwhelming and corrupting the humans. And then in the last one, there is a lady covered in light, almost like a shield around her. And you see her open a portal. In all the others, the portals had been magically created. This feels like a force of will, rather like tearing a hole in reality, rather than something that is magically constructed and the humans falling through. 
unlike the others that then showed a, an image of the uh, of the humans of the elves and the dwarfs arriving in Alusaria, this image is of more darkness of whispering voices in the void more humans dying more corruption something being stripped away from humanity and when they arrived falling out there's this sense that they don't recognize the elves and the dwarfs that this world is alien and hostile to them and that somehow they have been diminished you'd seen the elven script you'd seen the nordic uh, the dwarven runes there's no human writing here of any kind it's almost like like you're watching someone's interpretation of a human memory Ren would, uh, upon the lights fading away, steal himself back and look towards moving forward and just say, kind of taking a moment, let's keep moving. Let's go. There's a reason why the four of us are here together. I really believe that now. So most of you from where you've moved to can just make out in the far uh, northeastern corner you can just see a narrow staircase going down again. The whole hall narrows down to about five feet wide. It's still the same bluish greenish uh, rock or stone and it's still glowing and at the bottom of this maybe a uh, 30-foot-long staircase. You just see another corridor and a door. Ren will kind of lead the uh, <clears throat> the steps down and just look to Ella and say, yes, we must go down. As it's only five feet wide here, can you please make sure you are in the marching order you wish to stay in? You're just going to walk, as you just walk down the stairs, uh, you come closer to the door, and you can see this door is... Um, made out of a reflective metal you cannot see through it it's not like looking in a mirror reflective it's just a slight dull reflection uh like very very polished steel and it has that very slight bluish tint in the light of the rocks and it is it uh does it have uh a handle on the door or is it just sort of a solid surface it seems to have a uh, a handle yes I mean, it doesn't look mm. like all the other door handles you've seen it, it's um far more ornate and it looks almost like a right angle um of two leaves and then set into the leaves is a hammer uh Ren would look back to Linabel in the back and say, What do you make of this? She looks, she kind of looks around the group and stares ahead and she um, spots the hammer. Uh, would she know what this, what this is? Um, She's wearing the same hammer around her Oh, neck. it's the same. Oh, oh okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that. That's the, uh, <clears throat> she... I think that if she would notice the uh, symbol, the symbol of Angkor Zoom, you said? Is that, that's what's mm -hmm. on this? Okay, so she would walk up and she would gasp when she sees it, and she um, 
she would just kind of place her hand on the symbol and say, this is the symbol of, of Angkor Zun, the one that was in my vision. I, I've never, I don't know what this is, but, and then she can just kind of like leans on it a little bit, <laughs> like push on it to see if it's solid. As you lean on it, the door swings stumbles open. Stumbles forward, catches herself, and uh, she's like, all right, I guess this is the way. And as it swings open, you see a pile of rubble in front of you and another chamber. At the <laughs> other end of the chamber, you see Rose talking to a figure. A tall figure that resembles a little bit of an elf. The pointed ears have chunks missing and look a little bit more feral. The face has an expression of anger burning out of yellow eyes that are beady. At first, you think it's a trick of the lighting, because it's far in the distance. Certainly everyone else, uh, Linabel and Ren, are struggling to see in this light, but uh, Sylvester and Ellen know for sure this skin is a dark green. You have never seen a creature like this in your life. In front of it, you can see Rose talking. And she's just saying, this one too, she points to the floor. On the floor behind them, you can just make out a crumpled figure. Feroth, the elven boy, bloodied, crying on the floor. He seems to be tied to a wooden axe, hands and legs splayed out. She turns to the orc and says, prepare him, all is in readiness. And then she turns and sees you. And I need you to roll advance, uh, roll initiative. Rose, damn it. Hit <laughs> the door, I think. <laughs> I said quietly. <laughs> oh, boy. So, looking across this... You can just see these figures as there are four pillars in this room that's made of the same stone, there's the same glimmering. There's a, a large fountain. It's got uh, blue water that's sort of coalescing and uh, moving, not in any sort of particularly worrying way, it's just water, but it seems to be somehow illuminated to be rather beautiful. And as Rose turns, she sees you and she just says, Well, these ones are slightly better. And then her head starts twitching. And you see her eyes go wide and she looks terrified. And the top of her head comes off. And bursting out is a brain with legs. And it is going to run all the way over. <laughs> And, uh, Linabel, is that you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. And, uh, I need you to make an intelligence saving throw. Oh, okay. That is going to be, uh, 14. This brain-looking creature just runs and jumps at you. 
and for a moment you're staring going, oh my god, and then your reflexes kick in and you just bat it with a hammer and it falls down in front of you and lets out a keening kind of sound <laughs> and uh, it is staying there. That's its turn, it's used its movement and it's done the thing it can do. Uh, Ella, um, So there's this brain thing here which just Rose? erupted out of Rose. Um, where's the other, the green-skinned creature? Okay, now I see. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, yeah, just yeah. behind yeah, a large that. pile of ruffle. So uh, just also for, for um, clarity's sake, this rubble that you're currently standing on is uh, difficult terrain. Um, so Ella is going to um, panic. And in the panic, she's going to cast Firebolt, but she's going to spend a sorcery point and she's going to twin it. And she's going to shoot one at the brain and okay. then the other one at the green creature. First one is a 15. Yes. So that was against the brain. Okay. And the second one, not as good, is a 12. Okay. So the first arc of fire as you peer just in the darkness. Uh, you Firstly, you see the brain leap at Linabel and you almost reflexively fire out your firebolt and it just arcs out and just smacks the brain dead on. Roll damage. Oops. Uh, 12 points of lightning damage. Nope, that's shotgun grabs. Oh crap, I rolled the wrong one. Mm. I know. Oh, it's a shame. Well, that one's not bad. 12 points of fire damage. Okay. This fire impacts it and it does some serious... You just see almost part of the lobe just fall off and just blacken with the fire. Your other bolt sent out into the darkness where you can just see the void, the, the kind of greenish figure bats it off with something and it hits the wall. Anything else you would like to do? Um, where am I? I am going to move over here. Next up, you're fixated on this brain in front of you. Uh, can everyone just make me a quick perception check? <laughs> More spiders. <laughs> oh no. Uh, Two plus five. Ten. Seven. Uh, Fourteen. A one. So anyone over ten notices that actually right here. Uh, right on the right hand bottom, so the south side of the room, you see some hands floating up out of a hole in the ground is a creature with a, a bald head, purple skin, tendrils flying off its mouth. It's got a long cloak on it and it's just holding a large glaive in its hands as it floats up above you and it floats into the room. It's purple like me. I should have taken a short rest. <laughs> he is going to oh boy. move there. Uh, move so he has line of sight on you. And then he is going to something happens from his brain and I need you all to make me an intelligence saving throw. Oh <laughs> I rolled a two. <gasps> I rolled a natural one. Here we go. <laughs> so plus three, it's a four. 
I got a 17. 18. So Sylvester and Ren have been battle-hardened in in their soldiers' training to ignore anything other than what you're focused on in battle. Linabelle's slightly more shaken from her current revelations about the nature of Ankozoon. Ella's just been all over the place since coming in here. (laughs) And you take 15 points of psychic damage as this force just smacks into your brain and leaves you reeling. You are now also stunned. So for one turn, you are completely stunned. This creature then seeing the... uh, state of what is happening for the moment actually is just going to float back to the other side of this giving itself some cover Ren it is your turn so first thing I'll do is with my bonus action I will move my move my hex to the brain okay because it hasn't been an hour since we fought the the driders Okay, cool. No, it hasn't. So I'll move my hex to the brain and freaked out by it. I want to get rid of it and I will go for my two attacks on it. Um, First one is 17. Okay. And second one? Second one is a 18. Okay. uh, Roll the damage on both of them. First one is... First one is 11 piercing and 4 necrotic. Second one is 8 piercing and 4 necrotic. So Ren, from his position, sees what happens to uh, Ella and Linabel and just reacts with the soldier's fury, stabbing forth with his spear. And it's a small, skittering brain with legs. You get the sense it was banking everything on one lucky hit. and. It just, you stab it straight through and it ceases to move. Bit of goop falling off. Yeah, perfect. And yeah, so Ren will do exactly that, come up and just right down into the brain. And then looking across the room and seeing uh, his allies, he will position himself in front of Ella, shield held out and spear at the ready. Okay, Sylvester, it is your turn. So, so uh, I want to get in range of the of the purple thing that appeared, and the green uh, creature uh, is. is yeah. Are they around? Uh, so, the green creature is there. So the far east of the map. So, remember, remember me. Difficult terrain is half speed, or. Yes. But oh. so that for. For, uh, 510 for 15 feet you would have half speed so if you used all your movements you could get to there I'll say just so you're aware as well I'm counting the um, one that's hiding behind the pillar currently has three quarters cover so that'd be a plus five bonus to his AC all right yeah I'm gonna use Bane against uh, the purple okay mm-hmm. uh, that's grand it's a saving throw I believe yes Yep, Charisma, uh, 12. You see your sigil appear over its head and the creature just ignores it. It means <laughs> nothing to it. And it just fails to settle on its body. So right. sorry, that would have been really good. <laughs> I don't know, have you got a bonus action you'd like to do? 
Mm. Oh yeah, um, second win. Uh, in that case, the first thing that happens is from around the corner, running and screaming, comes another of these green figures. He is entering into your range, Ren. Um, if you would like to make an attack of opportunity, you can. Natural one. <laughs> no. It surprises you as it comes from the other side and it swings a great axe down at Ella, who you can see just standing there, helpless. It is an attack with advantage, I'm afraid. Uh, what's his? So that's a 17 to hit. Yeah. Uh, for 10 slashing damage as the axe just comes slicing into your shoulder. Uh, Ren moves with his shield enough to stop it being a lethal blow, but not enough to stop it cutting you. Uh, after that, the one that you could see across the way just raises a crossbow as he sees Ren moves his shield and fires. Uh, I'm assuming a 25 hits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rolled very low for uh, four points of piercing damage. He is then going to run Ooh, there, that's my logical point, and duck behind the pillar. Next up is Linabel's turn but she is completely stunned by this psychic mind blast and can only watch her friends suffer through and do nothing. It's back to the top of the round. The first creature is dead. And it's back <laughs> to Ella's turn, who can only watch in horror, momentarily frozen. Um, and then it is back to Purple Floaty. This strange creature is gonna use a free action first. going to reach out and Sylvester I need you to make me a dexterity saving throw please 13 that fails I'm afraid you take 16 points of lightning damage as a bolt of lightning shoots out and just hits you square in the chest it ducks back behind the pillar Ren, it is your turn. Bonus action, move my hex to this orc. And seeing blight on Ella will savagely go for this orc with my two attacks. First one is a 21. Okay. Second one is a 25. Both hits, roll for damage. Okay, so that is... 10 points of piercing, one point of necrotic, another 10 points of piercing, and three points of necrotic damage. So you savagely lay into this corrupted uh, figure and just stabbing it, whacking it. Uh, have you used your bonus action? Uh, yes, I have. Oh yes, of course you did because you moved hex. Uh, 
and even from your initial onslaught, this thing was not expecting to meet a trained soldier. As it was going for Ellie, you managed to get it in its weak point, and it suddenly got blood dripping down its mouth. It's kind of looking a little bit surprised. It looks a bit light on its legs. Sylvester, it is your turn. So, um, would I be able to hit it if I move next to it? Yeah, you could use 20 feet of movement to get here, and then you could take an attack swing at it. Alright, yeah, I'm gonna do that and with the greatsword. Um, 17. Just hits. Uh, that's 8 damage. Okay. All yeah. right, so that's it. Uh, so you lay in and you manage to slice this creature that does scream slightly, and we are back to our green friends. The first one, having seen uh, this attack come from Ren, is going to turn round and attempt to slug him with his great axe. He rolls a 14, which I'm assuming misses. That misses. So he does that, and uh, then he is going to just attempt to run and hide. Uh, I'll use my... Oh wait, no, it's my it's new yeah. new round. Yeah. It's your reaction. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, both make an attack of opportunity against it. Does a 15 hit? It does. Um, how about a... 18. Uh, yeah, that hits. That's uh, eight points of piercing and five necrotic. Oh, and you're sentinel, so he can't actually move if he gets um, And mine's 12 points of lightning uh, damage. Did shocking grasp. So this creature just... <laughs> tries to run, and then... Stab! Just collapses. And is gone. You hear a voice from behind the pillar at the northeastern side of the room, where the other creature had hidden, going... No, you shall pay. And he zings round uh, the corner again, (laughs) and he is going to fire another crossbow uh, crossbow at Ren uh, with a 22 to hit. Eight points of piercing damage as another bolt strikes you in the shoulder. Linabel, it is your turn. And um, since I'm in that difficult terrain, how far can I go and how much does that eat up at that point? Uh, you're in, essentially you're losing 10 feet to get out of the difficult okay. terrain. I'm going to make my way over uh, to get closer to Sylvester. Okay. I don't think I'm going to be able to get close enough to hit or anything, but uh, Okay. Um, and from this spot, I, don't, I, I couldn't even hit anybody because I can't see anybody. At the, I'm, they're all behind pillars. Is that correct? Well, I'd say from your angle, this orc would only have uh, half cover. Okay. Um, since I can see that one orc, I will attempt to throw my final javelin at it. Um, that'll be a 16. Just... So he's hiding behind the pillar and you throw it and for a moment it looks like he's going to duck around the other side and it just catches him in the thigh. Let's see, that'd be a seven uh, piercing. You can't hide forever. Ella. Um, I want to first move over here behind this pillar. Uh, well... 
pay for it. I actually want to move here first. Well, not on top of the wall, but there so that I can... Do I have a shot at that orc yeah. behind the pillar? Yeah, it's still got half cover, right. but you can make that reasonably. Right. I would say from there, because the fountain is not uh, nowhere near as high as a pillar, you could probably have like duck around and shoot at the other creature. Uh, oh, yeah, like as here. Well. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I will do that, and I will cast... Um, where are my spells? There we go. I will cast uh, Magic Missile at third level. So that's going to be three. Uh, the purple, purple guy? Yeah, purple I can't dude. see purple okay. dude because of the light, but... Floaty purple. Okay, roll damage. 14 points of damage or, yeah so these arcs of light burst out from your hands as you cry out and they zoom towards this creature who just looks at you sighs holds out a hand they hit a magic shield as he holds his arm out and just says always the same tricks so weak and then it's his turn unless you'd like to bonus action. Uh, I have a little bit of movement left. I'm going to back back up behind the pillar here. Okay. He's gonna first see if he gets his thing back. Uh, so he looks around the room, surveys everything going on uh, at that level. How many oh god. <laughs> I don't like that question. Uh, I need Sylvester and Linabel to make me uh, wisdom saving throws. Nice. Uh, 17. <clears throat> Six. Linabel is renewed by what she's seen on the walls and she's already been uh, stunned once and just shrugs this off. She's intent on getting to her friends. Sylvester has got up close, looks up, and he can see the aberrant face of this creature. It's like something from your worst Call of Cthulhu nightmare staring down at you. Its eyes hypnotic and piercing. And I need you to roll a d10 for me. A one. Can you roll a d8 as <laughs> what well? What is happening? You can just say no. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> okay, seven. It's it's part of the mind tricks. As uh, you, this magic settles on you, you are overcome and confused and terrified, and you attempt to run. Ooh, oh, I said I just reclaimed the <laughs> token. Oh, God. I love technology. She's huge now. She's huge now. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Uh, as you run off, and on your next turn, you are going to attempt to continue running in that direction. As you have run away from it, it can take an attack of opportunity. Oh, no. Uh, and you see it's 
the tentacles dripping from its neck just reach out and actually attempt to engulf you. Um, oh, it is a to hit. It is a to hit. Good. Oh, that face! <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> you attempt to run, but you can't. As you are now grappled, and you take 10 points of psychic damage. That's it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't say yeah. that. <laughs> Can you... It's oh, not a bit, I'm afraid. Not. Can you make a DC... Uh, can you make an intelligence oh saving throw? <laughs> 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 oh no. That's a one. No! Another one! Stop using that dice! <laughs> you are grappled and stunned in this creature's more Ren. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh boy. Alright. I'll distract um. him while you go. <laughs> trying to think of what I want to do. Um, okay. Ren is going to dart towards the um, purple creature um, to get to the other side of them. So as you're doing that, can you make me an acrobatics check? Because you are leaping oh. over a pit in the ground. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, acrobatics. Well... I guess I'd rather fall into a pit than get my thoughts eaten. Uh, <laughs> acrobatics, you said? Yes. Uh, okay, that is uh, 21. You jump across, no problems. Continue your turn. Okay. Uh, and I will use my bonus action to move my he- hex onto the, um, the creature um, and go for my two attacks. First one, oh, I knew I should have done Hexblade's Curse, um, but I didn't. Uh, this is a, uh, a natural 19, so a 20, uh, 20 high, 20 something, 20. Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. hit, you definitely hit. And then the second one is also a natural 19. Hexblade's Curse would have been two natural crits there. Oh I no. Regret oh. it so much, but <laughs> at least they both hit. <laughs> Uh, all right, damage then. Uh, first one is 12 points of piercing damage and two points of necrotic. Yep. Um, and then 11 points of piercing and four points of necrotic. Okay. That's your turn? Yes. Sylvester, it's your turn, but you are grappled and stunned. Uh, you can... Cry. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm afraid you are stunned until the grapple Oh ends. my god. So actually, sorry, nothing happens for you this time around. The one remaining orc, uh, seeing uh, seeing Ren run off, looks over at Ella and says, mm, squishy and weak, and runs up. Wrong. And is going to attempt an attack on you. Uh, I'm assuming 21 hits. No. Yes. (laughs) That's double my AC. More than double. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. I'm rolling so well. Just 17 points. I am down. down. I only had seven health left. 
he laughs. <laughs> Weak meat. Uh, that's his turn, Linabel. As soon as she sees Ella go down, um, she changes direction and she runs as fast as she can to that orc. When she gets closer, she gasps. She sees Ella on the ground and she pulls out her hammer and she kind of slaps it against her shield and she just like swings as hard as she can on yep. this orc's head. I mean, 22 to hit. Nice. Hits. Okay. And I will cast Divine Mama Smite. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She don't like that. <laughs> so she will do um, 10 bludgeoning and 7 radiant damage. Okay. Is that your turn? Yes. Oh no, she gets, uh, no, he gets to, she will swing again. Yeah. I think that's uh, <laughs> No, that, that should be good. I think he got it. I think he learned his lesson. <laughs> uh, Is the Vardic expiration over? Used it in the last one. What was oh. that? Oh, yeah. I rolled a 19, so it's a 24. Hit. Um, I'm not going to cast Divine Smite this time, but I'm just going to regular hit. That'll be, oh, nice. So it's nine bludgeoning damage. You see Ella fall with an axe in her thigh, lying on the ground, her eyes rolling back, going unconscious. You see the orc laughing, and a rage fills you as you rush over. With the first hit, you channel the might of Anchor Zoon. You smack into this orc, and this bright light flashes across it. You bring it around and just smash its face against the wall, and its face implodes with the effect of your hammer. And this arrogant creature drops yes. down in front of you. Epic. Very nice. Now, I believe we've discussed this before the show, but it's been a long time. But I'm going to roll your death saves. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that. Oh. She, oh, okay. In your unconscious mind, Ella, you lie there and you kind of push yourself to your feet and you're standing in a hallway that looks very familiar to this sort of stone. Slightly whiter, you can hear the sound of birds on the trees. There's an open door behind you that's blacked out and through that door you can hear blood. You can hear your screams, screams of your friends. And in front of you, smiling, you see the hand of your mother. Her face through another door, saying, Come home. You take a step towards your mother. It's the purple <laughs> creature's turn. He looks down at the creature, at, at Sylvester in his moor. And Sylvester, can you make me a strength saving throw? 17. Feel its teeth open and like a sucker come out and you can just see it reaching towards your head you push back enough that you can't escape the grapple but for the moment you're holding this thing at bay like in um alien, alien? like classic <laughs> so this time i will explains curse them <laughs> double hex them essentially terrifying um so i'll use Hexblade's curse the first time really and go for my um my two attacks on him okay all right so the first one is a 15 to hit Don't. Yes. oh good oh sorry no, it doesn't. <laughs> I, didn't think so. I didn't think so i was like that doesn't hit i can't that probably doesn't hit um the next one is a um 18 to hit just hit nice okay 
Alright. Oh, I forgot to do something. It's okay. I'll do it next turn. Alright, so that is 11 points of piercing damage and yep. 1 point of necrotic damage. As this creature is uh, attacking or attempting to do something to Sylvester, you are furiously lashing into its back. Uh, some parts, you, you feel one stab go clean in, but the other one's just bashing off its cape. You can't really feel like it's hitting anything. Uh, both of those are down. So, Linabel, it is your turn. Okay, uh, quick question. Um, for people that are unconscious, do you have to stabilize them first before you can heal them? No. Okay, I can just heal her then. Okay. Um, Linabel would just kneel down and uh, she's frantic. She's saying, I need you to wake up, dear, wake up. And she's going to cast cure, uh, cure Wounds second level on, um, on Ella. Okay. <clears throat> so, nice. so that'll be uh, 15 health. that your turn? No, she, she will um, turn around and start making her way towards uh, the rest of the group. So let's okay. See. Ella, you're back okay. on your feet. Um, so I can't see. I'm just going to move this way so I can see. I can't see anything that's down at the bottom of the screen because of the dynamic lighting. I don't know if it'll change if I turn around. There we go. Uh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Um... Can I get, mm, I can't really get a clear shot of that, of floaty purple, can I? Yeah, I'd say you can, yeah. can actually okay. at the moment, yeah. So then I am going to cast a firebolt at it, and that's going to be a roll to hit. Go for it. Hell yeah, that is a 25. That hits. Let go of my friend! Nine points of fire damage. Anything else you guys do? Nope. I'm going to stay right there. Well, no, I'm going to move back behind the pillar. So as this firebolt comes out and just catches the creature, it hits it in the side of the head where you suppose an ear would be. And for the first time in the fight, you see a trickle purple down the side of its body. It just looks, wipes, and then turns to look at you, Ella. Looks at everyone else focuses its will as it is its turn. I need everyone to make me an intelligent saving throw. Oh my fucking god, I am done with that dice. <laughs> Four. <laughs> Natural one. Plus three. Um, Ten. Thirteen. I got a sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> No. Smirk. <laughs> Not a smirk. It's a oh guy you don't do this. To Everyone other than Linabel takes thirteen points oh. of psychic damage. Linabel, you take six. No. This is where we die. And I'm done. everyone other than Linabel is stunned. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> As Folded says, Yes, Neil, why you should be worms. <laughs> collapse. 
Ren, you are stunned and can take no action. Sylvester, did you say you, you're down or are you alright still? No, I'm, I'm down. You wake up in a house that looks familiar to you. This is your kitchen, the place where you grew up. Outside it's a beautiful sunny day and sat at the table are your family with all the love and warmth that you could have ever wished for. It's breakfast! Come on, sit down, come sit with us! There's something you need to do. Some place you're supposed to be, this doesn't... Come on, come sit down, we made your favourite. Your stomach growls and you take a step towards them. Ninabel, you're the only one up for right now. <laughs> so sorry guys. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, right. no. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. this is awesome fun. Yeah. But we're gonna make so it, guys. We're gonna make it. <laughs> I say with two HP. She's going to run. Uh, so is Sylvester fallen onto the ground? No, she's still in the creature's mouth. She's in the creature's oh, mouth. Oh, sorry, he's still in the creature's mouth, yeah. Oh, he's still... Oh, God. Okay. Well, that takes that away. Um... And you said that she, uh, the, the creature was hurt a little bit. God, this is hard because I'm, I'm like really, I want to know if I should like just attack or if I should just uh, try to help him. Yeah. It's showing the very first signs of wear and tear that it's shown all battle. In her rage, she is gonna swing. She's gonna swing with her warhammer. Go for it. I just want one natural twenty. I am not shitting you. I am Did you not get a natural 20? You. I just rolled natural, 20. natural 20. I am yes. not shitting you. I swear. I want to record that because I feel like that's going to yes. seem like a liar, but I swear. I believe is, you. Please. That is the first. Yeah, so, so to recap the and, rules uh, for natural 20 for me, whatever you are choosing to do now, you automatically do max damage, plus you re-roll everything on top. I will cast Divine Smite. Yes. Second level. Yes. I'm giving Zoom. it on everything. <laughs> Anchors. <laughs> okay, so let's see. I got him. <laughs> How many dice do I got to pull out now? Let's see. <laughs> um, so we get two, well, I got one, one, <laughs> two extra, and then I'm doing one extra D8 for second slot. So you max, you max mm -hmm. all of that, and then roll. Okay, so yeah, so that's 32. Uh, I mean, it's not all bludgeoning. I don't know if it matters for this uh, creature. Okay, Just, yeah, yeah, so it's, it's 32 damage for the first wow. roll. Come on, Luna Bell. Oh no, do I add the modifier to that 32? That goes right at the end. Oh, at the end, okay. All right, so 32, and then 22. And the second roll for the the other four. Um, yeah, and then plus an extra five. MVP yeah. that round. That was wow. Excellent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you. Yeah. Fiercely just lay into this creature as it's floating and for the very first time its smug arrogance seems to break and you're wailing into it and with your bludgeoning weapon 
you're not drawing blood, but you can hear the cracks of bones, and you can just see divine light flashing, and Angazoon seems to be with you. You feel his hammer is your war hammer in that moment. And as you finish your tirade and you pull back, it's still standing in front of you. It just reaches out as it's hovering, almost bails it, steadies itself, and just looks at you with rage. And that's when Linabelle will swing the second time. For a second attack. <laughs> I've got two, You've got two attacks. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I forgot about that. Go for it. Natural. Come on, come on, come on, come on. No, that would be sick. No, not yeah. a natural 20, but it, pretty good. Uh, I got a 22 yes. total. Hits. Come on. Hits. Finish up, finish up. Um, I will cast Divine Smite again. Yes. And, and just, and she is, <laughs> yeah. she's yelling. <laughs> You know, she is, uh, she is, ah, just let go my friend. And she's trying, actually, she's trying to hammer this thing <laughs> down back into the hole that it came from. Uh, so that is going to be 11 points of, uh, of damage. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 15 plus four. I got to add my modifier. 15 points of damage. Is your modifier plus five? Plus four. Okay. Yeah. Plus four. Okay. So I had 11. Is that including the divine smite? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. uh, you wail on it the second time as it's leant against the wall and it just floats there taking the damage and you lean back again and it just looks up at you purple kind of just running a little bit down its mouth just spits it on the floor mm. Ella I'm stunned right? Then you are, I don't need to do that but yes you are still stunned and it's this thing's turn it looks around it sees Ren stunned. It feels Sylvester limp in its mouth. It can just see Ella stunned, but Linabel is standing, glowing with the white light of Ankazoon running towards her, and this light almost has some primal memory. Its tentacles just release Sylvester. It looks at you all and says, This isn't over. We'll see you soon. And vanishes. No! You coward! One HP! Oh. One? No! She was on one! So close! And she... Oh my god. She teleports and you are out oh. of combat. No! Uh, Linabelle immediately goes over to uh, Sylvester and tries to stabilize. Make me a medicine check. Ella will seek against, uh, seek, sink against the wall that she's, uh, standing against right there and just kind of, like, put her hands in her hair and just, like, not having anything witty to say. Uh, 13 on the medicine check. That is enough. Uh, Sylvester, you're lying there feeling like you shouldn't have got out of bed this morning. It's probably the best way of putting it. And just as you open your eyes, having been in, had this horrific... Uh, experience. The first you see is the face you see is concerned face of Linabel, who's just checking you <laughs> over. You look over, Ren, your stun ends. And there is, uh, what would you like to do? Uh, Ren is going to immediately rush to Ella to check on her, um, his spear vanishing into the air and his shield, dropping his shield in the ground. And he'll just run, run up to her and just sort of check on her, clasp her on the shoulder and be like, are you all right? What happened? No, no, I'm not all right. Everything hurts. Everything hurts. This is got away, and 
doesn't like elves and everything's the, just awful. He'll uh, awkwardly sort of tap her with his hand on her shoulder, but then after a moment we'll embrace her in a hug. As the creature disappears, you look around at the two dead orcs. The remains of whatever that brain thing was. A quiet comes to the chamber as you huddle together. You take a moment to breathe and reflect on your journey. You thought you'd been hunting a killer to restore your freedom, but along the way you became caught in the realisation that this is far bigger than you. You've all experienced hardship before. Ren, Sylvester, you've seen the blood, the guts, the absence of glory from your days as soldiers hunting bandits. Linabel, you've seen monstrous creatures in the dark and depths of those dwarven mines. And Ella, you've seen the machinations of the underworld gangs as they scheme and plot and hurt innocents. But tonight, for the first time in all your lives, you faced something you know in your hearts to be truly evil. The twisted form of the corrupted elves that lie there, by the long dead now corpse of this brain. You look over to see Rose's dead body on the dais at the end. A reminder that this enemy doesn't just kill you, but they want to destroy your soul. These are monsters of an age long forgotten, and they have returned. But for today, they were defeated. You don't know what tomorrow might bring, but you know the darkness is coming, that this won't end here. People need to know. They need to unite. They need to prepare. In your heads, you hear the words you'd read earlier. Be brave. Stand together. Irithin will rise again. And in that moment, hope returns to your hearts and your path seems clear as our journey draws to an end. Hi folks, so I wanted to discuss the use of orcs in this campaign, as this is a massive issue in the community right now, and rightly so. These episodes were recorded before the current discourse had entered into my understanding, and listening back now I don't want you to think that the events of this plot are indicative of the direction that orcs are headed in the world of Eriandel, in which Eliasaria is based. I've also used the phrase corrupted elves in this episode, because I wanted it to be clear that they are not orcs as in the species. What they consider orcs in uh, the world of Eliasaria, or in the country of Eliasaria, are actually beings corrupted by a darkness, a darkness that can inhabit all species and change them into a twisted version of themselves. This is something that we're going to expand upon in future seasons and make a lot clearer. I know in, in short form mini campaigns this can be hard to discuss and demonstrate, so the next stage in the evolution of this world is to open up the world map to show the people of Eliasaria the range of peoples and cultures across Eriandel. After all, they've spent their entire time on this plane, sheltered and isolated in an abandoned landmass that they found some 5,000 years ago. I love the way that the quote unquote evil races are reimagined in Eberron and Wildmount books, as they're just 
better, aren't they? More compelling, interesting to play, and culturally inclusive. When we meet the actual orcish cultures around Eriandel, it will be made abundantly clear that they are not inherently evil, nor stupid, nor betraying any other racial stereotypes that reduce or demean people. I firmly believe that we are one family, that we can all live in peace and celebrate each other without losing anything. I want my worlds to reflect this mentality, and if that's ever not clear, then please do tell me, and I'll do my best to correct this however I can. I've striven to ensure my table is always a safe space to play, that celebrates and includes all people, and I hope that the spirit of that is clear and obvious to all in the shows we've done so far. In an age where we can all do better, I embrace the changes that need to be made, and welcome all feedback as to how you might feel more comfortable in our home, in the tiny corner of our internet. Thanks for listening, and may Elusa guide you all.